emotion, really, of the two characters that we're going to talk about this morning uh, in, in Scripture. We're going to be at uh, Luke 2, if you brought your, your swords this morning, your Bibles. Um, but uh, and we're going to be looking at verse 21. But before we start, I want you to think about things that you might be waiting for in your life. What are some of the things that, that you're waiting for? And, and uh, sometimes it's, uh, it can be good things. It can maybe be healing. It could be, um, you know, emotional, physical, in, in, any part of your life that you've just been praying to God that, man, I wish you would just answer some prayers. I wish you would, you would uh, relieve this or take care of this or, or whatever it is. I mean, there's, uh, uh, most of us have something in their lives. Uh, Either that or we'd be Jesus. That, that, that you know, there, there's absolutely nothing that's uh, ever bothering us or, or, or hung up on. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about how do we take care of those areas of our life if if, if it does hit us. Um, but let's look at uh, Luke two, uh, verse twenty one, and I want you to think about uh, the scripture as 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 we we read it. it says on the eighth day. When it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took, took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be uh, uh, consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of, of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what, he was, what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the, the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that, that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There is also a prophet, or a prophetess, in, in some of the translations, Anna, the daughter of Phenom, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the, at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of J Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and to their own town in Nazareth. 
some things that are going on here that are huge. First of all, we have Simeon, and he's obviously in his, his upper ages, and, and uh, he's been waiting. And matter of fact, God, led by the Holy Spirit, told him that you're not going to die until you actually see the Messiah come. And so here's Simeon, and, and we hear it. And this is the very first time that we hear in the New Testament that that uh, the Holy Spirit was on, on somebody. I mean, he was actually being led by the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit didn't engage us until when, uh, in Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came on them, and then they went out and, and spoke in different languages. But here, here's Simeon, full of the Holy Spirit, praying, devout, living his life right. He was different than the rest of them over in Jerusalem because he was actually waiting for a Messiah who was going to release him out of bondage. The rest of the places were waiting for a political party. They were waiting for someone else to come and, and he was, they were going to be the king and take over and it would be more of a physical, political kind of thing that he was going to reign over. But here's Jesus. Now we're not talking a teenage Jesus or even adult Jesus. Here's a baby Jesus. But why did he know that he was coming as a baby? Because he read scripture. He, he read the things. He knew exactly what the prophecies had to say. Now we look at Mary and Joseph, and they were being obedient to the laws. I mean, they, they came to be purified, because any time there was blood involved, there was a purification that had to take place. So they went and got purified. But the first thing happened was Jesus was circumcised. And if you're following our readings at all, we, we saw back in, in chapter 17 of Genesis that God said every child eight days old needs to be circumcised. And, and, and we know that happened you know, back then. And they were following the law as far as what they were supposed to do. And then it says to be purified. And they did that. And that was actually 40 days after the fact. Uh, again, you've got to go back in the Old Testament and look at in Leviticus. And it talks about being purified in, in the purification system. And then it talks about giving a, giving a sacrifice. That's another part of this that they had to do. Now, if you were wealthy, you brought a lamb. And you slayed a lamb. The poor people brought a dove. <laughs> and they brought pigeons. And that was okay. That was, that was under God's plan and his direction as far as um, what, was, was, what was happening in people's lives. If you couldn't afford a lamb, then you brought a pigeon or a dove. And then we see Anna. I love debating Anna with people that say uh, women should be a ministry. Anna totally blows that out of the water instantly. And, um, and here, here we see Anna. Now, the, Anna's not just your typical person, layperson, who comes in and, 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 and serves a potluck. I mean, Anna, she'd been living in the temple for 84 years. She's been living there, praying, fasting. And, and, and to me, this is an example, if we're waiting on something, on how to actually have the Holy Spirit engage in your life. Because here's Anna. I mean, she blocked out the whole world. Now, realistic-wise of today, I'm not sure if that's even realistic. It doesn't mean bring your sleeping bag and, and, and camp out. But here's Anna. She was married for seven years, it says. And after that, she had been in the temple day and night. Now, I don't know if she actually lived there or if she just was there every time the doors were open. And we, we've seen people over the years like that, right? I mean, in the churches, every time the doors open, they're here and they're a part of it. But Anna didn't look at the physical part of things, and she probably did. You know, she probably took care of people. Obviously, she, she came up to Jesus and, and, and uh, 
and, and or uh, Mary and Joseph and, and and knew exactly who Jesus was. But why did they know who he was? The Holy Spirit. Both of them were spirit-led. Anna and, and Simeon. Now, I want to read from um, John chapter 5. And in John here, there's a uh, there's a guy who's who's paralyzed, and and um, Jesus ent enters uh, this area where he's laying. It says sometime later, Jesus went up. It's uh, John John five, by the way. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there's a in, in Jerusalem near the the sheep gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered uh, colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been there uh, in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat, and he walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. I love this text also. I love all the texts. To be honest with you, I, I, it, but this one particularly, you know, kind of kind of punches me in the face a little bit when I'm feeling a little down and a little self pity. Because um, here's a guy, and, and, and right away we have compassion for him. He's, he's paralyzed, you know. It says he's paralyzed, he's invalid, and he's lying there. But he's lying there for 38 years. And what happened was the angel of the Lord came down, he stirred the, 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 the miracle pool, is what, what it's called in Bethesda, and the first person to dip their toe into it got healed. I mean, it was a miracle. But for 38 years, he sat there waiting for someone else to pick him up. In 38 years, he was obviously able to, to move to a point of, of, of at least attempting to get there because he said someone else always goes ahead of him. But right away, he doesn't take ownership of his own condition. And again, I mean, we're, we're struggling in a lot of different areas in our life, and, and you might, you, you're probably struggling different than I am, and I am from you. But we all are praying for God for some kind of deliverance, some kind of, some kind of a, a miracle to happen. And it's amazing over the years that when I talk to people, how much they blame God for the condition that we're in. We say we're praying for it. Are you? We just saw from Simeon and Anna how to be spirit-filled. And a lot of it's prayer. A lot of it's fasting. A lot of it is, is taking time with the Lord. It's not short little prayers. It's not, not you know, Lord, please do this or do that. Now, I'm not saying anything about you know the, the illnesses and, and diseases that people get because we're we're broken vessels. We're broken vessels. But even with that, we see relief sometimes. We see that God actually comes and delivers that 
when we are devoted, when we are in the Word, when we are in prayer. Because what happens there is God starts healing. I mean, what, what, what Sharon Randy, you guys went through the last few weeks, it just breaks my heart. And I can't, and we talked about it, I can't even imagine if you don't have the Lord in your life, how do you get through with such a thing? And that's what we need to do is give hope to other people. Teach them how to, to be in that condition as far as knowing that God's got this when we don't. But being ones who are, are actually lifting people up. Actually uh, seeking an answer from God. Because there's a lot of times that, that we struggle. And to be honest, you know, I go through that you know, with, with, with Christine. I sit down and I, and I pray, you know, that... That God just takes care of what He needs to take care of you. And I can sit back easy and say, you know what, why aren't you doing this? But I try not to. My human side, sometimes I do. But i got to go back to examples like this of, of Scripture. 84 years Anna prayed for the deliverance of the Messiah to come. 84 years. I don't know about you, but I get ticked off at McDonald's when I go through and my fries aren't ready and i got to go wait. <laughs> I hate waiting. I mean, we live in a society and a generation now of instant. We want it now. We want it to happen right this minute, and I don't want to wait for anything. Sometimes the waiting is important. We see that in the, in the Pentecost when, when, when Jesus left. He says, go to the upper room. And what did he tell them? Wait. Wait for something to happen. Well, they didn't just go up to the upper room and sit. They were praying and they were they were worshiping. You see, worship is so important. So important. And I believe even with the, the noise this morning and the, and the humming, you know, Satan doesn't want us to worship. He doesn't. Everything was working fine this morning. And also we get feedback. Believe it or not, Satan, Satan likes getting in the middle of that. Taking our, taking, getting, getting a distraction in our heads. And we can't allow that. We need to pray it out. We need to not let things bother us that don't need to bother us. We need to concentrate on the steak and not the peas. That's what I do. We can't worry about this stuff. God's got it. Growing the church, God's got it. We just need to be obedient. It didn't dwindle down to numbers like it did overnight. It's not going to grow in numbers overnight that night either. But God's got it. But we've got to be praying. We've got to be in the Spirit. And we've got to be worship. And worship isn't just the, the 15, 20 minutes we do on Sunday mornings. Worship is how we live and how we breathe and how we do things. We see Anna. I can't imagine being that patient. 84 years. I mean, at some point, you got to say, you know what? I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to sit at home, and I'm going to... Well, she couldn't put on the soap operas because it didn't happen. But <laughs> it's so easy to do something else, isn't it? And the world distracts us away from these kind of things. And here's Simeon, and, and again, he's obviously in, 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 the, in the older state of life because when he finally did see the Messiah, he said, now I can, I can go in peace. I can die. You, you fulfilled the promise. Because Simeon's, his prayer wasn't, God, I want to see the Messiah tomorrow. He said, what? And God promised what? You'll see him before you die. He knew it. And Simeon could have been young, too. I don't know. It really, really doesn't say. But 
but we know that he was in prayer and, and uh, he was he was worshiping in spirit and, 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 uh, and the Holy Spirit told him what they were looking for and also through the scriptures you know he read he knew what the Old Testament and the in the prophecies had to say he knew that these things had to be fulfilled so I want you to think what are you waiting for what are some things that you're waiting for for, for God to, to, to make a move you got to be in God's time not ours and I believe that he takes care of what he needs to there's reasons why there's seasons in our life. The scripture says that too. There's a season for everything. And to me, I think that's that's those are comforting words is is that you know God promises that we'll see what we need to see when he wants us to see it. But Anna and Simeon, they're forgotten heroes, I think, in the Bible. This is the only time that they're even mentioned. So I wanted to give them a little little shout out this morning because that's, that's all we hear. After that, they, they kind of disappear. Can you imagine that? I waited 84 years and I don't even get much much in the Bible. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not even talked about a whole lot. But her task was done. His task was done. They were praying for this. They were praying for deliverance. They were praying for the things that, that needed to be done. I want you to think about things this morning in your in your own life. How are how are you putting God first? How are you putting things aside as you wait for God? Do you get frustrated? Do you get upset? Do you just forget about praying, about worshiping? <clears throat> to me, it's a time of reflection. This time of the year, we see the promise of deliverance. We we see the things that. That God has promised. And this is just a, another one of them. Then after this, we, you know, we're gonna we see that Jesus uh, is 12 years old after this. That's the next thing that comes up in the Bible. He's, he's 12 years old. And they're they're at the temple. And Mary and Joseph aren't very good parents. They realize a long time down the road that they're missing their kid. But you got to remember, at 13, they were an adult. He's an adult. Why, why would we worry about him? But they did. They saw that he was gone. They went back. And, and here's Jesus teaching in the temple. What did they say? Jesus, why did you do this? He told them. Why didn't you know I wouldn't be about my father's business? I'm in the God's house. I'm doing what he wants me to do. This isn't the only place God is. He is in your homes. He's in your car. And I believe that word of God needs to grow inside of each and every one of us. And I don't care how much you read scripture. We can always read more. But I think if we start putting that first, we see fruits of that.
when we start praying for God to deliver, He starts delivering. He starts intervening. He starts giving that comfort. You know that uh, that poem, the footprints in the sand, one, is such a huge, huge poem. Never heard of it. It's short of it is this person is struggling in their life and and wondering where God is. Because when they look behind them, they only see one set of footprints. He says, that's because I was carrying you. A lot of times we don't realize God's with us. We don't feel it. We don't, we don't sense it. But He promises that. He will not leave us nor forsake us. He's there every, every minute of the day. So my encouragement is to spend a little bit more time in prayer. If you're spending 15 minutes, do 20 this week. If you're doing 5 minutes, do 20. <laughs> it's amazing, though, if you are reading that scripture, you know, how fast two chapters go. I mean, 10, 10 15 minutes, you, you, read, you read through two chapters. And to me... It's like running out of gas at midweek. And I don't have anywhere to refill. I feel that refilling of the Spirit when I get into the Word, when I pray, when I do these things. Is it easy? Oh, there's, there's days I'm thinking, man, I'm just going to pull a video off YouTube that talks about this, and I'm going to plug that in. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be obedient. I believe this with, with my whole heart. And the scripture talks about this indirectly, and John Maxwell talks about it in his leadership development stuff. But it's called the law of the lid. Nobody goes any higher than where the leader is. So if you're a leader of your home, your, your home probably isn't going to go any higher than then, then you're lit. If you are a leader in the church here, we can't expect people to go any further than the lid. So if you're only spending a short amount of time in Scripture, we can't expect anyone else. So that's what I'm trying to lead by example. I want to spend time in prayer. I want, to, I want the lid to be up here. And God says, you want it there? I want it way up here. So, God's my will. I'm shooting for it. He spent every time he could getting away from the crowds. It worked too well with him. Spent time, time with his father. Before he died on the cross, he spent time in the garden. With who? With his father. He just didn't sit there and go, well, things are going to happen today. He was waiting to do that. We are waiting for different things. All of us are waiting for the second coming of Jesus. Are you praying for that? Have you ever thought of that? Praying for the second coming? I look in this world and I pray that a lot. Lord, what are you doing? He says back in the spirit, don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. 
wait, be patient. Spend time in prayer this week. Look at Anna and, and Simeon as an example. No, too, most of you have keys for here anyways. If you need a quiet place, come over here today. Find a place at home. We can turn the heat up for a little bit, right? God's got it. We just got to depend on it and realize it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for sending your Son for us. And Father, when all else fails, we just remember John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And whoever believes in him will not perish. So Lord, we, we, we depend on that and count on that. And Father, your, your deliverance out of whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're waiting on. Father, let us not be like the paralyzed man and not take ownership of it. Lord, your son told him to get up, clean up his mess, and to move on. And Father, a lot of us are paralyzed. A lot of us are waiting for that pool to be stirred and, and for, for deliverance out of it. But Father, we need to stop waiting and get proactive. Seek out the deliverance. Seek out what you have. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through us and out of us. But Father, we, we love you and honor you and give you all praise and glory this morning. We are so thankful for you sending your Son for us. The Lord be with us now as we spend a little quiet time in our open worship. Father, your Spirit is in us. May it speak to us in your Son's name.